Dad podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he's my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. So, Padre. Yes. What is one thing that you're always waiting for an excuse to talk about? Like if somebody brings this up, boom, you're off to the races. Yeah, it's... I guess for me, one of the things I've been enjoying the last few years has been anime. Mm. So when I get around someone else who talks about anime, Mm -hmm. um, now I'm not like in deep, like there are people who I get around them and they're like really, really deep. I think you're Um, pretty deep at this point. You're you're pretty, you're watching a lot of the main stuff. Yeah, I guess I'm watching it. I'm not, I guess I don't know a lot of the lore and the history and stuff, but... I do like it, and so whenever someone wants to talk about it, yeah, I'm I'm there for it. Oh yeah, um, which is very strange at my age, but it's really a lot of fun, and I like it. Yeah, I'd say uh, one of them for me, because there's there's a few different things we all just love yeah. talking about, but one of them for me's got to be anything Middle Earth slash Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, yeah. I started watching Lord of the Rings when I was I think twelve. Yeah, I think that's when so. we watched it. <clears throat> and actually, I remember the first time we watched it, it was you and me over a weekend. It was. And we made what we called manwiches, which is like these like giant meatball subs. They were awesome. And then we went and uh, got like frozen custard at this place called Quakes. Yep. And I ate so much I got sick a little bit, but it's mm-hmm. okay. You know, yeah, it was man. fine. And it was all part of the experience. But I fell in love with the series. I fell in love with the whole world mm-hmm. of Middle Earth. And I started, you know, really diving in. Yeah. And so at this point... With the new Rings of Power show coming out, mm-hmm. it's so funny. A lot of my friends uh, and people just in my church or whatever will come to me and be like, hey, what does this mean? You know, <laughs> like they're coming to me to be their little encyclopedia because yeah. they know. Yeah. They know that if they ask me what it means, I'm either going to know or I'm going to find out real quick yeah. and talk about it for 20 minutes. Well, it's like the the YouTube channel you showed me. Uh, what's it called? The Broken Sword. Yep, the Broken Sword. Where they 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 really nerd <laughs> out and they explain all the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings stuff. I find it interesting. I've watched some of them. Yep. And and you're like, I didn't know that. And so I like that they're kind of going and doing all the work. Yep. And I get the benefit from it. Oh yeah, they're next level nerds <laughs> yeah, because like are. I enjoy the world. I have never been able to read through the Cimmerillion entirely. Yeah. Because. It's laid out like an encyclopedia, and I want to read it. Yeah, but man, I just lose track of the names because there's like literally dozens upon dozens of names in the first like forty pages, yeah. and the and the book's like hundreds of pages. Mm-hmm. So I eventually get to the point where I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, no clue who what he's talking people. about. Yeah, because yeah. like sometimes Tolkien's just rude with stuff like that. He's like, the dad's name is like. Finrod and then Finn Golfin and then yep. Finway and I'm yep. like these names all sound so similar. You almost need a giant wall with a big flowchart. What I really need is that YouTube channel with those people showing different pictures and explaining it to me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, the broken sword has come in clutch. It is. They're pretty awesome with that. Okay, so the topic that we're kind of talking about in this series is gonna be 
uh, I guess it would be called the social life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, I think social situations, they can be tough to navigate. Yeah, and so I think, you know, whether you're in high school or in college or man, adult life, no, no matter how old you are, being able to have a healthy social life is kind of a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of understanding, not only of other people, but of yourself. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today. Um, But as we dive into the topic of having a healthy social life, the first thing we want to cover is how to have a healthy community. Mm -hmm. Because, man, if you have a good foundation community-wise, it can make all the difference. It really does. In a person's life. So... I'm I'm wondering for you, Dad. What what is something that shows the insecurity when it comes to people being in social situations? What are some ways that we can see? All right, you know, if I'm doing this or if somebody else is doing this, it means they're probably not comfortable with who they are in a social setting. Yeah, I think what a lot of people do, and I think we've all been guilty of it at mm-hmm. some point, is we kind of chameleon. Mm. Um, we kind of have a chameleon factor going on to where when I'm around this group of people, I'm going to act a certain way. When I'm around this group of people, I'm going to act a certain way. Mm. Now, that's not always necessarily a bad thing in that when you're in different social situations, you act different. If you're at a formal setting, yeah, you act more formal than if you're just hanging with your friends at the house. Yeah, that's just that's you just know, part of reality. Yeah, and, and so I think what we do is we think, well, you should always be the same all the time. No, I mean, there's a certain point where, okay, I'm in, I'm in front of people. It's a formal situation. I'm not going to wear, you know, shorts and a t-shirt to mm. a situation like that. And you say, well, this is just who I am. Now, then you're kind of almost being the opposite. You're almost rebelling mm-hmm. against that structure. And, and you're just kind of not fitting in in a good way and just kind of sticking out. And I'm not saying you don't be who you are. There is some reality to you want to be in the right situation. Like when you go to a formal event, you act formal. When you're at a casual event, you act casual. But what a lot of people do is they change who they are based mm-hmm. upon who they're around. Right. And that's where I think we all understand that. You know, and maybe we've all done that, you know, especially like middle school where you're trying to figure yourself out. Yeah. You know, but even in school, you had the cool kids, you had the jocks, you had the brains, you had all that. And and that doesn't change. When you become an adult, it's the same thing. You you hang around the, these certain people at work, these right. certain people socially. Yeah. You know, and, and so what you want to do is really look at that and say, am I changing how I act? And who I am around these people. Right. And when I say change, I mean literally change. You act totally different from the way you normally would because you're around these people. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all seen that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Like We were talking about this even as we discussed this topic beforehand. I had a friend in high school who, when he was around me, he would talk about the Lord, never cuss, stuff like that. And then I saw him get around some of his friends and man, he was, he was putting sailors to shame, you know, he was really going for it. And the fact is that's a lot of times more the rule than it is the exception. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do that. You know, when they show up to work, they, they play this role. When, when they go home, they play that role, you know, and, and they get stuck in this thing of like, they've never really defined 
who they are. Mm-hmm. And so they're always just filling in the next role. And that's I don't think that's a fun place to be. Uh, I think if people try to define themselves by themselves, mm-hmm. they'll discover eventually that they can't. And then they're yeah. going to go to a group of people to define them. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do is they when they don't know who they are, they go to a community to let the community define them. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is healthy. Right. And, and we'll talk about that in a second. But part of it's unhealthy because you don't know who you are. So you're saying, OK, you tell me who I am. Right. And that's what's dangerous. A real community, you know, they help you find who you are and who you could become. Mm-hmm. You know, but some communities, it's you will conform to this image. Right. Um, a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, I talked about in The Sound of Music, there was a character. I think his name is Rolf if I remember correctly. And he's the one who sings the song 16 going on 17 with mm-hmm. the girl. Well, later in the show, he becomes a Nazi and it changes completely who he is. Right. So what we see is we see a guy who didn't know who he was. He got into a community and he let that community define him. Mm. And he kind of turned into a jerk, which yeah. is the whole premise of the movie um, in that way. But it changed who he was. And that's what we have to be careful is we get people who are in a community like guys are classic. You know, you get a bunch of guys together and they can be stupid. You know, hey, guys, watch this. You Mm -hmm. know, and of course, YouTube has made millions off that. But, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes we do things in a community we would never do by ourselves. Yeah. So if you have a community that's absolutely changing you then what's happening is you're trying to find your identity, so you're giving up control to them. Yeah. Uh, I think a great example of this is um, my brother-in-law is in the band for Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. So we went to an Ole Miss game to support him and kind of see him, even though I'm a state fan. That's a true display of love. That's right. Greater love has no man than this, (laughs) that a guy goes to an Ole Miss game for family. That's right. Um, But we went over there, and... Oh my goodness, as we were in the Grove, as we were in line to get in the stadium, as we looked around the stadium, all the girls looked exactly the same. Wow. They were all wearing the same kind of dress. They all had the same hairstyle. They all had the same makeup. Mm. The Even the kind of dress and the cut of the dress was the same. Wow. It was like, I, I could, they, I thought, I was like, Ole Miss is doing cloning. They're cloning people. <laughs> They're cloning a certain kind of girl. Yeah. And that is is how we act mm-hmm. if we have not defined ourselves. I because think so. you get in an environment and they almost turn you into a clone in yeah. a way. Yeah. Whereas when you are in a healthy environment, mm-hmm. they help you become the true version of who you already are. Yeah. And that's what I think a healthy community mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I think it's something where... Really what we have to do is not ask, are we going to be affected by our community? Mm-hmm. We have to ask, what community are we going to be affected and defined by? Yeah. Um, it's something where it's not a question of if, it's a question of who. Yeah. And, and what kind of community will you be a part of? What's a healthy community? What's right. an unhealthy community? Right. And um, I, I think in the end, I think community starts with our community with God. 100%. And and God is a community in and of himself. 
Um, if you get into the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's a community. Mm -hmm. That's why people say, why did God make man? Was he needy? No, God didn't need us. Mm -hmm. He had community, mm -hmm. but he allows us to be a part of his community. Right. And I think that gives us a solid foundation for the rest of our life from that community. Yeah, it's true. I think a, a great example, um, somebody was talking about there is a museum in Israel that it's showing pictures of Jesus mm -hmm. and it's pictures of Jesus from every church in every country. Oh, wow. So like there are pictures of Jesus that are done in all, all different parts of Africa, all mm -hmm. different parts of Asia, all different parts of Latin America. And, and they all look very different. Mm -hmm. However, each of them is pointing to the same person, which yeah. is Jesus. And I think an amazing way to think about it is when you try and find your identity outside of God, mm -hmm. people will try to adjust your behavior to become exactly like them. Yeah. They try yeah. to replicate their own. They try and make you in their image. Yeah. To where whenever you follow God, God literally designed the diversity the diversity of humanity. Mm -hmm. He made humanity to be diverse, not only in culture, but in individual personalities. Yeah. So when you seek life in him, Mm -hmm. then you begin to truly find life. Kind of like what Jesus said, you know, he who abides in me yeah. and I in him, they're going to bear a lot of fruit. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about why that is. Why is it so important to find identity in God as the center ultimately? Yeah, I think what that does is it takes pressure off of us mm -hmm. because we find our significance in a relationship mm -hmm. and not in our actions. Mm -hmm. Because as humans, it's natural to judge other people by their actions mm -hmm. and judge ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we see our own imperfections, when we see those things, sometimes it can make us feel like, well, I can't, I'm not. Mm -hmm. And we kind of put ourselves down. Right. Or what a lot of people do is they overcompensate. So they, I, you know, I feel bad about myself, but I don't want other people to see it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to overdo it. Yeah. And when you find your significance in the community of God, you realize that I'm accepted no matter what. Yeah. And what that does is it just relieves the pressure. It's yeah. not that you don't still work hard and grow and change and do those things. You do those, mm -hmm. but you do it from a place of security, not insecurity. Yeah. What a lot of people do is they go to a community out of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Tell me who I am. Tell me what I am. Yeah. Or they, they try to find their identity in this, like the outskirts. Like a lot of times the, the people who were the, the rebels or, you know, like in high school, you had those kids who were kind of the emo kids or whatever back in the day. And what they were doing was they were finding their identity by being completely opposite of everybody else. Well, a lot of times that's still out of the same insecurity that the person who looks like everybody else has. Because they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they're all copying each other. They're just yeah. doing it a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think when you find your significance in God, it takes that pressure off you mm -hmm. trying to be and do everything you need to be. Yeah, I think that's that's true because your significance comes from him. Yeah. I think also you find a stability mm -hmm. whenever your identity is in Christ. Yeah. And by that, I mean like, I don't just mean saying, oh, I'm a Christian. I mean like talking and walking with God. Yeah. Because the truth is, you know, when Jesus ended his life on earth and, and ascended back up to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which means that his presence is with us all the time, yeah. everywhere. 
So you can talk to God no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. That relational element Mm -hmm. is incredible because the way God feels about you never changes. Yeah. Uh, It says in scripture that God is not like man, that he should change his mind. Yeah. You know, he and when you has get defined that, us. Yeah, you 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 become more stable. Mm-hmm. And it helps you, I think, have better relationships because you understand that the relationship doesn't define you. Yeah. And that, you know, some people have relationships that that are a season of friendship. Mm-hmm. And then your friend moves away. Right. Or or whatever. Or, you know, in, in our case, you know, uh, my wife, your mom was in our life. But she passed away, mm-hmm. you know, almost four years ago. Well, that didn't, it, it hurt us. It was yeah. painful. We walked through grief. But our relationship was stable in God. Yeah. To where we miss her, mm-hmm. but it didn't change who we were to God. Yeah. You know, it was painful. We had a lot of hard conversations with God. Yeah. But the stability of the relationship was not based on my relationship to my wife or, or anyone's relationship to a boyfriend or girlfriend or anything yeah. like that. It's a lot more stable when your relationship is based on God. Mm-hmm. Then no matter what happens in life, good times, bad times, you have a stability that holds on. Yeah, I think you're totally right. Because after mom passed, I really struggled hard with anxiety, mm-hmm. fear, um, a lot of victim mentality. And so I wasn't being consistent, even yeah. myself. Yeah. But even in those moments, God was consistent and he was my rock, even when I wasn't for myself. Yeah. You know, that's a certain kind of stability that cannot be replaced with people. Mm-hmm. It cannot be replaced with, you know, just saying, I think I'm great. I think I'm great. And looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I matter. Yeah. When the God of the universe that made everything, sustains everything, literally is the embodiment of truth, says something about you. Mm-hmm. That's a piece that cannot be replaced or changed yeah and it helps you like you know we've seen scandals happen in the church right you know and it helps you understand that you know people are people and even people who we may have looked up to Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they're perfect and i think that makes us more stable to where my relationship with god is not based on how someone else acts yes i think that's true it's based on what i do with god and so that helps you have that stability through yep wild times and it helps you really have a strong community with the family of God because you know how to look to them. Yeah. You know, within that community you have people who are mentoring you. Yeah. You know, that they can help you and and you can receive that help from them because you have that relationship. And yeah. You've got that stability in it. Yeah. And I think that's really the second tier of having a healthy community. Mm-hmm. First is God Himself. Yeah. But then it's the community of God. It is. And I agree with you that you got to have those parental figures, those mentor mm-hmm. figures. Um, I also think you need to have what's kind of like a sibling, uh, just a peer. Yeah. You know, somebody that you're doing life beside. Y'all mm-hmm. are walking through life together. Yeah. And there's even, you know, like a younger sibling, people mm-hmm. that you're pouring into and mentoring. Because even though you may feel like you're not wise enough a lot of people i think say oh i'm not smart enough i'm not wise enough i'm not spiritual enough to be able to mentor somebody else you're probably a chapter ahead of somebody yeah you're you're a next step before somebody even if you're only 17 there's a 15 year old who who needs you to be like hey i get it man freshman year is weird you know or you know if you're in college to look at a senior and say hey dude i get it 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 can be scary 
Yeah. Or if you're in a, you know, you've been married for a couple of years, you can help somebody who just got married. Yeah. Uh, there's always these kind of relationships that help you see your identity as something that's a little bit more robust yeah. than just I'm by myself. Yeah. And it helps you kind of get your eyes off yourself. Yeah. Which is a healthy way Very healthy. to be in community where you're not always looking in the mirror. <clears throat> yeah. And, and ironically, that helps your social life so much. It and does. I know we're going to talk about that later yeah. uh, in, in this series, but it, it's pretty incredible. When you have a healthy community, you can then have a healthy so, uh, social life in any, really any circumstance. Any setting. It's true. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the questions of today, uh, the questions for today. Um, the first one is important. It's from uh, my great friend, Jonathan, and he said this. In Super Smash Brothers, let me, let me actually give a little bit of context before I ask <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah, question. In Super Smash Brothers, there is a character named Kirby that can suck in his opponent, pop them out, and have some of their powers. So uh, if anybody's ever played the game Zelda and they suck in the character Link, then he can shoot arrows like Link can in the game. So just to set up that nerdiness, uh, Jonathan's question is, what power would Kirby get if he sucked you in and then popped you out? Mm. Um, what power would he get? Gosh. I guess for me, he'd, because uh, I'm, I'm doing it today, Kirby could bake a pretty decent cake. Yeah. Um, I like making cakes. I'm, I'm making one today uh, for my, my brother's birthday that's coming up. Yeah. And... So I guess Kirby could make a good cake if he sucked me in and spit me out. I mean, it's not going to be a fondant masterpiece like Cake Boss or anything like that. Right. But just a good homemade grandma cake. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Um, for me, if I'm, if I'm thinking about a power he would get, probably just running. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not the best runner in the world, yeah. but... I was kind of known for being able to run at a pretty quick pace for a long time. Yeah. So I will out. I will eventually outrun most people. Yeah. Um, not everybody, but most. Yeah. And so Kirby would get the ability to just just go just running. Move. He would be able to run away from his enemies <laughs> so good. Yeah. It'd be crazy. No, that's good. <laughs> okay. Next question is. Uh, oh, this is a deep one. What do you think the difference is between living and just existing? I think it has to do with your mindset. Mm. Um, a lot of people are existing today. And what they do is they live in what I call a survival mindset. Mm -hmm. If I can just make it to Friday. Right. If I can just make it to vacation. Mm -hmm. um, that's existing. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, and I understand there's times where you're busy. Everybody has that. That's normal. Yeah. But living is where you kind of have a direction. Yeah. And and not that you know what's going to happen. None of us knows the future. Yeah. But you're like, I'm going to go this direction. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this with my life. Mm -hmm. And it may work. It may not work. Yeah. But I'm going to go this direction and see what happens. That's living. We're existing. You just kind of, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to make it. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. Like... The word I think of when you say that is intentionality. Yeah, that's good. Existing is when there's no intentionality. You're just kind of drifting. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, really living requires you to 
ask yourself some of those questions. Yeah. That, like you just mentioned. I think yeah. that's good. For me, uh, just to hit the other end of the spectrum, I think a big part of really living is being present, mm-hmm. being yeah. where you're at. That's good. Um, we live in a culture where a lot of times we just look ahead. We're mm-hmm. always looking to the next phase. Everybody in middle school can't wait to be a high schooler. Every high schooler can't wait to go to college. Yeah. Every college person can't wait to finish and get a job. Every person with a job can't wait to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're always looking ahead. Yeah. And we will miss a lot of what is happening. Yeah. Um, I heard a quote yesterday. Somebody said, every day is like a miniature lifetime. What kind of life will you have today? Mm. And, and it's kind of that mindset of, you know, let's say you have a full day at work. You just got home. You know, you have either your spouse or your friend that you're talking with and you're about to go take a shower, right? For that moment that you're having that conversation with that person, yeah, to really be there. Yeah, to be present with them. Exactly. Or like if you're... You know, to take the time to go for a walk or mm-hmm. to take the time to just be still, to to take the time to really be present when you're with kids, yeah. you know, um, instead of just playing with them so that you can get closer to being able to go back to bed, yeah. you know, yeah. to really be with them in that moment. I think making that intentional everyday decision yeah. to, hey, I'm really going to live today. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to survive it. I'm not just going to try and get to the next thing. Today's a good day. It, it's yeah. being content. Um, I think it really, if you want to read a book that talks about that, the book of Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. is that's kind of his final conclusion. Yeah. It's a little bit of a dark book, just warning you, because <laughs> he talks about how a lot of life is vanity. A yeah. lot of it is stuff that isn't really going to pan out. Mm-hmm. But if you fear the Lord, obey his commands, and enjoy what he's given you today, yeah, then that's going to be the best life you can have. And so it's coming to that kind of lifestyle daily. Yeah. And I think that's good because then you're, you're not always trying to escape from life. Precisely. Mm -hmm. You know, you're actually living it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I think that one's good. Yeah. Okay. Final question. What is the best cruise you've ever been on? Woo. Well, making it difficult. We did talk about cruising in the last episode. Um, Gosh, I'm going to have to do a couple. Just because it's what we do. Me too. <laughs> we can't give one. Um, probably one of my favorites was when your mom and I did the Viking River Cruise. Gotta be. It it was unbelievable. It's a level of fancy that, you know, southern country boy like me just didn't... Didn't even know existed. Yeah, I didn't know. And, and other people probably are used to it, but we were like country come to town. Golly! Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but it was so nice and so relaxing. It was one of the most relaxing vacations because everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Which one of the things I like about cruising is that, but they're like the next level of that. Yeah. Like every day, the the when you go out and do an excursion, it's covered. Mm-hmm. So it's you know there's going to be an excursion. It's very historical, which I like. I'm kind of a nerd that way. Amen. Um, but that's probably one of my favorites. Uh, and then the other one would be when we went on the Oasis for Katie's graduation, that ship was just phenomenal. Uh, It had different levels. It had a park. It had a mall area. Mm -hmm. It had a carnival area. And we talked about it in the last show. But that was probably one of my favorite ships that we've been on. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, 
I mean, my honeymoon cruise was incredible because it was the first time I got to actually spend extensive time with Emily yeah. because we were in a long distance relationship before that time. That's true. So it was just so cool mm. to be able to be like, you're still here. You know? <laughs> don't have to leave. Uh, but if I'm looking at the cruise itself, probably one of my favorites uh, location wise mm -hmm. was we got to do that cruise for my senior trip where we left from Venice. Yeah. And we got to go to uh -huh. Croatia. We got to go to two different spots in Greece and do a spot in Turkey. And we got to do tours. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm also a history nerd. And so being able to be in all those spots was just absolutely incredible. It was. It and really was amazing. Yeah, I still remember because it, it was only a week long. Yeah. But I have more memories from that cruise than almost any week in my life. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. But I also agree, best boat I've ever been on was the Oasis of the Seas. Yeah. That one, I mean, if you've got a zip line on your ship. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You're just next level there. Yeah, it really is. Well, that is all the time that we have got today. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions, please send them to us uh, at questions at heydad.us. Or you can always message us on Instagram at the hey Dad Podcast. See you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.